You are listening to the Salty Witches Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Austin. Of course, I'm here with Mike. Hello. And we have a very special guest on tonight. Yes, we do. Um, It is Aziel. Hi. And Aziel is a mutual of both Mike and I's and uh, has taken some classes, is doing their own thing, and they are joining us tonight to talk about... Well, our topic tonight is demonolatry. Um, and just to be clear, not demonology, which is kind of like the study of, but demonolatry, which is kind of more the, um, kind of the practice of, or I would say more practical knowledge. But Aziel is going to know better than me. I, I really could not <laughs> consider myself a demonologer or a demonologer, really. Um, this topic was suggested to us by listener Tanika. So, Tanika, thank you so much for the suggestion. Thank you. And, um, yeah, I, I want to go ahead and just kind of dive in. So, Aziel, can you, will you tell us a little bit about yourself? I mean, we obviously, we already know you, but um, but can for, for our listeners, can you kind of give them a little bit of info? Who are you? Yeah, I'd be happy to. And thank you so much for having me. Big fan. Um, my name is Aziel. I'm a left-hand path occultist. I'm a tarot reader. I'm a psychic. I've been practicing tarot on and off for about 20 years, um, mostly dedicated to the practice daily, though, for the last two or three years now. Um, I've been practicing demonolatry for about a year and a half. Um, I started my practice with Hecate, who's, you know, obviously not a demon, Mm -hmm. but um, that is where I started. And I remember being very hesitant to get back into witchcraft due to some like religious conditioning, you know, that demons Ah. are evil and bad boogies. (laughs) And it's, it's so funny now that demons are, are like the only thing I work with after that moment. And I was introduced to my patron Azazel by Ellis, the mad witch, and it's been all demons ever since. All right. Oh, I, I think that I think that's lovely. So, um, so it's funny you mentioned um, just now that you, when you kind of stepped back into witchcraft, particularly mm-hmm. for, as you mentioned the left hand path practices that mm-hmm. we associate with occultism and and, and type, certain types of witchcraft, you'd mentioned that there was a little bit of conditioning, like old religious mm-hmm. conditioning, you had to kind of sidestep there. Um, and so, I guess that is going to kind of lead me to one of the first questions that I have for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I've noticed that demons have stepped more into the spotlight of occult practice in recent years. Um, am I the only one that's noticing that? Is... No, you're definitely okay. not. Okay, you know, I'm. I, I've been seeing it, and um, I I'll be the first to admit. You and I have had this conversation. I know little to nothing about working <laughs> with these spirits, and it's not because of anything other than I've just never felt a pull or a call. Have I worked with them? Yes. Yeah. Of course I have. I've done yeah. it. Yeah. I've done it several times throughout my life. But also, I'm just going to say this. People who work with them regularly, y'all are another breed because my ass <laughs> when it comes to working with spirits. When yeah. I show up, and I'm like, hey, Hecate, can I? She's like, I'm a witness. You a witch. You do it. And I'm like, okay. And then I just go off on my own. But there's like contraction stuff that happen. And I'm Correct. like... Yeah. Nope. It it does seem to be from the out from an outsider's perspective, it does seem to be a a particular practice that could that would be very labor intensive. I'm literally. Um, this is why I don't have an agent. But with the of- with the kind of with with the increase in popularity, though, again, with more and more people, mm-hmm. I think at least being open to these to these spirits to these intelligences in in, mm-hmm. in recent years. Do you do you feel that that actually has you know kind of a little bit to do with kind of the waning interest in mm. traditional religions? 
Ooh, this is such a good question. I think it's definitely connected, you know, like the, the interest in Abrahamic faiths, like Christianity in particular in America, at least, mm -hmm. has been really declining over the last several years. You know, NPR put out a study. They had a little, um, have an article that they put out last month mm -hmm. where Christians accounted for around 90% of the population 50 years ago. And that figure is now 64% as of last month. Mm -hmm. So this is something that's been building for a while. And I think it's because people are just really getting tired of organized systems starting to fail them. Mm -hmm. And this goes for, you know, all organized systems, not just religious ones. And, you know, like you work with Hecate, you know, magic is practiced like predominantly by disenfranchised people. Yeah. So it doesn't surprise me that with everything that's going on, people are finding their power with demonolatry and with the infernal divine. Yeah. I, well, yeah, I mean, you know, I think that that's going to um, lead to another question that I, I, I wanted to kind of throw out there is that mm -hmm. people step away from, um, Ab you know, Abrahamic religion, you know, those, those traditional, what we associate with Christianity, these kinds of faiths, right? Even, even like, you know, like, uh, you know, Islam and, you know, other, other Abrahamic faiths, you know, Judaism, these kinds of things. And, you know, and they're stepping away from that um, more traditional structured spiritual uh, practice and belief. And then they move into something, say, like working with uh, demons as spiritual allies in whatever sense. And when the, the kind of the people around that, you know, we hear a lot of things come up within those practices. You know, we hear talk about like the cliff off, mm. you know, um, uh, Kabbalistic systems, mm -hmm. um, even things that are attributed to uh, Solomonic craft. And so many, so many of those things do seem to have such strong parallels with um, Abrahamic faith. So, so I guess my question is, you know, do you feel that, um, or, or would it, would, would you agree maybe that, um, that could be like a, like a jumping point? Like we see a lot of people coming out of Christianity and before they move into witchcraft, they kind of take the Wicca bridge, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and so, and it would make sense to me, like if they're coming out of an organized kind of a religious practice or a belief system that they jump into something like working with these spirits which also seems to have a lot of hierarchy and mm -hmm. ritual um does that make sense or am i am i you know i mean is that is that kind of how you found that to be like do people need to work with systems like the cliff and things like this to work you know, with the spirits that's a it's a really interesting question and I, my answer might surprise you is that no, <laughs> you okay. don't have to, okay. yeah. you, you don't have to work systems like the cliff Oth because the cliff Oth is really intense and it contains a lot of like really, really intense initiatory rights. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I wouldn't recommend going through the cliff Oth if you are like year one, month one into your practice at okay. all because the cliffoth is going to basically strip you of everything that makes you not weak necessarily, but everything that keeps you from your own power. Ah, and okay. if you are just coming into this, um, into working with the infernal divine, and you don't understand like what these entities are capable of and why they operate the way that they do, it could freak you out and you could have a really bad experience. So I don't, I don't recommend it. You're gonna have a bad time. So, so yeah, you're gonna have a bad time. Yeah. So Aziel, so Aziel wouldn't recommend it, and I, I would, I would definitely take, I, I would definitely follow Aziel's advice on that. Yeah. I'd agree. It, it does seem to me again, kind of going back to something that we mentioned earlier, that this, this, this is a, this is definitely a practice. I mean, mm -hmm. 
would would you agree? Because we kind of we, oh, we yeah. kind of threw that comment out there a few moments ago, right? It kind of kind of we were we were being maybe a little flip, but but <laughs> as, as someone who does this, as you work with these spirits, mm-hmm. you know, um, I mean, how much dedication, how much discipline, how I mean, th- there, it seems like there's a lot that goes into this. Yeah. So everybody's different. Okay. That's the beauty of working with the infernal divine that I think a lot of people enjoy. It can be both a blessing and a curse that there's not really, there's no guidebook, you know, there's resources on like best practices. You could do this, you could do that, but really it's one of those things where there are very few like hard and fast rules, you know, like if you're looking for rules and a teacher and somebody to like stand over you with a ruler and shake their fist at you and like get mad at you when you do something wrong, this isn't for you. This is very self-guided. This is very, um, this is a practice that leads you to your own power and you don't get there following somebody else's rules, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, that, that would be one of the, one of the, I think the core concepts of, of really like, like a left hand path. Yes. Right. Like this, <laughs> this is really about your personal power and, you, yes. you know, kind of figuring these things out a little on your own. And while you may certainly have, uh, you know, guiding information or references and things to fall back upon because you're, you're usually, you know, you're not going to be the first person who's walked that path. Right. But uh, yeah. So, so real quick, you know, and, and just kind of as, you know, maybe kind of another quick uh, question, you know, kind of out of left field here. Um, I'm, I always love to ask people this question, particularly when people have been um, as upfront or they have been, they've, they've identified themselves as left-hand path practitioners, mm-hmm. because I still think within the occult community, um, well, maybe not the occult community, but like the pagan community, we'll just say, mm-hmm. I think when a lot of people hear or they meet someone who openly identifies as a left-hand path practitioner, I think there's there still seems to be a little bit of... Um, like leeriness around that, mm-hmm. like, oh, oh, you know, like, oh, you're into the dark stuff, you know, you're, yes. into the, you know, and, and I, you know, and I find that to be so ridiculous because that's, you know, I, I, there just seems to be a lot of misunderstanding. So I guess as someone who is a left-hand path practitioner, what, what, what value do you see, or would you say that there would be um, something about being a left-hand path practitioner that really would probably be better in some way? then mm. you know and i know that's that's a really charged question you know and for our listeners <laughs> i just want to be really clear we're not trying to say that left-hand path practice is necessarily better but on an individual basis i think that left-hand path practice can be better for some people yeah it's it's hyper individualized you know mm-hmm. um and and i know that you know you say you're left-hand path or you're a demon or you work with infernal divine you get side eye sometimes from people but that's okay like honestly i welcome that because that makes me know that like this person is not for me Ah. and that's great okay that's that's great you stay over there i'll stay over here we'll leave each other alone that's perfect gotcha i have nothing against people who are leery of left-hand path people like awesome you stay over there um but as far as as the question of like what can left-hand path bring you that maybe like a right-hand path won't Mm -hmm. is your own power. Like we keep coming back to it because that is the basis of this practice. It is, yes, you work with entities, but these entities are just shining a light within you of what you already have. It's just digging within you to bring it out, you know? Yeah. Um, And the way that you do that may not necessarily 
jive or be okay with somebody else who has different morals. Like mm -hmm. um, for a lot of left-hand path folks, a lot of demon auditors, the practice of cursing or hexing or something like that is kind of essential. It's part of the toolkit. And yeah. when people hear that, they, they get a little freaked out, but it's not like we're going around cursing everybody for cutting us off in traffic. It's more like uh, a way that some people will find healing and some people will find solace in taking their power back from people who have robbed it from them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Hexing is healing. It <laughs> certainly can be. Yeah. It can be. <laughs> it's cathartic. Okay. So, all right. So, you know, getting, getting back to, you know, demons specifically. So, how how would you explain to our listeners okay um and again bearing in mind you know we already kind of addressed that there still is a lot of fear and superstition around these mm -hmm. spirits um but how how would you explain to our listeners like you know somebody who maybe is coming from that space you know they're still very superstitious just they're still very fearful how how do you feel that demons can empower our magical practice oof okay so we kind of have to decouple that a little bit so okay. Um, fear and superstition is usually rooted in Christian dogmatism, right? Yeah. And I would say if you are interested in this path, it is your responsibility to unpack your own religious indoctrination. And that is going to be kind of a lifelong effort. It's not something that you can do in an afternoon like meditating with Lord Lucifer and being like, please heal me of all of my indoctrination. It's not like he's going to like slap you or anything and be like, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy being unindoctrinated. It's a continuous effort of, of recognizing why you're afraid. Where does the fear come from? Who gave it to you? Is it something that you can overcome? And a lot of these spirits are awesome at helping you unpack that and unravel it. Lord Lucifer, again, is an excellent excellent ally for like uh taking the the christianity apart that's that's in your heart essentially yeah. and, and replacing it with like lived experience you know like we are afraid because of what we've been told and when you experience something differently that can replace that fear with like awe compassion love generosity it's it's groundbreaking yeah Okay. All right. Okay. No, I like that because I think that, um, would you, would you say again, kind of maybe another like random question, but, but mm -hmm. since, you know, we, we kind of have, have touched upon that now, um, would you agree, agree that a lot of people when they're coming out of, uh, prior religious, uh, well, we won't even say religious, but we'll just say prior belief systems, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and they're, they're really looking for something, you know, new to kind of, you know, to kind of fill that hole, right? Mm -hmm. um, would, would you would you say that a lot of the people that you've worked with, people that you've talked with, people that you've done, you know, you've done readings and services for, like a lot of them really, they do seem to be looking for in need of a lot of healing. Yes. Right? And Oh my gosh, are, yes. Yeah, well, and, and from and from the sound of it, I mean, these are spirits, and, and you're not the only person who's told us this. Like, we've talked to a few other people over the years who are, you know, practicing demonologers, people who are connected very closely with these kinds of spirits and who are very knowledgeable about them. And, and, every, and that is one of the things that I hear every time that conversation comes up is, these spirits have helped me more than any god, any angel, any whatever these spirits have actually helped me mm -hmm. and and they have he helped me to heal yes. um 
So would you agree like that these are absolutely, these are spirits that definitely can facilitate healing? Totally, totally. So one of the best things about the Infernal Divine, about demons, is that they all have different specialties that they're amazing at. And we're fortunate to have kind of a couple of resources as demon auditors for all the different specialties that these demons possess, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, healing is absolutely one of them. Physical healing, emotional healing, um, SA trauma healing. Yeah. Like these these entities are magnificent at that. And they've, they've absolutely helped me in all of those categories. Okay. You know, like okay. the methods that they choose to deploy for that healing may be a little unorthodox for somebody <laughs> who's yeah. used to like, I don't know, Roya or somebody, but uh, it absolutely makes you it really makes you look at the things that have harmed you mm -hmm. and finding your own strength within those moments. Yeah. You, you say it's kind of funny that their, their methods would be a bit unorthodox. And that's yeah. been one of the things that I've kind of heard again and again is that <laughs> these are really, though, these are spirits that you do not need to be fearful and, and really superstitious of. Mm -hmm. um, at the same time, these are, these are definitely spirits that you you need to be respectful. You need to approach them in the right way. Mm -hmm. And they're really not going to be uh, fluffy love and light kind of spiritual allies. No. Yeah. Okay. No, very few of them are, I would consider fluffy. Um, so there are a couple of Infernal Divine that are pacifistic, meaning that they don't engage in any kind of like baneful activity. Huh. And they would rather, you know, help you heal in other ways i'm mm. thinking of entities like prince stolas or duke yeah. salos whose main whose main concern is love like duke salos is a a demon of love and friendship and you know you're not going to call on him to go like mess up your neighbor who like planted a fence too far onto your property you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's going to probably help you heal that relationship and that friendship rather than like start a fight and like burn their house down or whatever gotcha okay all right. Yeah. I, I will say that I do like Prince Stolas. Oh, yeah. Prince Stolas is lovely. The the interactions I've had with that spirit, I'm like, I could chill with you. Yeah. You, Prince I, of Mushroom you, of the Woods. You are definitely a Prince Stolas person because for the un, for the unaware, Prince Stolas's um, specialties are going to be herbs and crystals and astrology. So for somebody who practices the poison path, I think Prince Stolas would be an excellent ally. <sighs> Prince Stolas, me and Detora hanging out. Yep. The full moon. There you go. Twerking for the gods. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so we we kind of we uh, we kind of got very close to this question a few moments back, but I mm -hmm. wanted to ask your take on this because you are someone um, and and. I, I won't go into specifics, but but based on just our personal uh, knowledge of each other and our practices, mm -hmm. you are you are a left hand path practitioner, mm -hmm. and you've you've admitted to kind of approaching your work with these spirits in ways that would be uh, mm -hmm. like very individualistic, very much yes. about yourself and your connection to them. Yes. But then we also know that a lot of these spirits pop up in uh, magical systems, like uh, say like the Goetia, 
where you know where there's a lot of tie into older like high ceremonial magic kinds of approaches these kinds yeah. of things so i just wanted to ask you have you in your own practice in your own work as a demon otter have you been able to kind of successfully see a merging of those two things mm. I think a lot of people seem to fall into like this very like it's either one way or the other like you either work with these spirits like in the the old school old old grimoire high magic kind of way or you you do the left hand pathing path and you really establish your own processes and rituals yeah i is there, is there a middle road there yeah absolutely there's a middle road there so like older higher magical practices like lesser keys and like the the book of abram mellon like mm -hmm. i have so much respect for those older grimoires and traditions but it's not really a system that like resonates with me yeah and the reason for that is if you if you look at some of those grimoires there is there's something called the triangle of manifestation mm -hmm. and it's a drawing that practitioners will create during their rituals that allow the spirit that they're conjuring or calling forward to appear right it's confined into a small area mm -hmm. yeah. and a lot of these older grimoires are going to call um or they're going to call on the names of like archangels to bind and constrict yeah. the demon. So it's kind yeah. of like inviting somebody into your house with like a loaded gun and yeah. making them sit in a chair <laughs> while you talk yeah. Yeah. You know, versus uh -huh. inviting somebody into your house with like tea and like a warm greeting. So <laughs> some people say like the triangle isn't about restriction, but respect and showing the demon that you know how to control them. But I think that's total bupkis. Like, gotcha. Sure, you can confine a demon in a short time using a seal but what happens to you after that right is over if you've disrespected that demon yeah like nothing awesome right so people will sometimes um have very transactional relationships like austin mentioned packs so mm. you can enter into these kind of like i give you give situations and i have certainly done that with great success but for me personally, what I find to be the more rewarding experience is the long game, building those relationships over time and like really meditating on those energies, bringing them into my life, letting them take over things that need to be thrown out. Like I've gotten my teeth knocked out, like <laughs> initiating into the clip off. Like I've had, I've gotten laid off because that job was not a good job. I've yeah moved successfully back home to portland um yeah like all of these things would happen because of that long-term relationship maybe you could make that happen with a pact but i find that that long-term relationship is 10 times more rewarding than saying like i'm gonna give you a glass of wine every wednesday if you promise that susie is going to come over you know what i mean yeah no i mean that, that makes sense and you know and and we we, we talk about the the work and the the dedication into establishing relationships with our spiritual allies and that, that would be true of any ally any any mm -hmm. spirit that we would choose to work with and so it would make absolute sense that these spirits would be no different oh totally it's about cultivating that connection um and and absolutely if you've made the time to do that you're going to have a spirit that i think is going to be much more willing to to treat you in kind yes um, then yeah then have to constantly be negotiating contracts um so, okay, okay, cool, all right. Yeah. Um, what, what do people get wrong about demons? <laughs> about demons? Oh, yeah. man. Because yeah, um... it's, it's a lot, I would assume, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, one, one I've seen show up the most is that demons are just gonna be cruel for no reason at all. Um, 
demons are not evil they're neutral um but but people will sometimes think that demons are evil and they just want to hurt you they don't give a crap about helping you they're just going to trick you they don't require offerings they don't require reciprocity you can be rude and they don't care or demons are like attack dogs for your stupid like online arguments like (laughs) this is all this is all total hot dog water yeah (laughs) not true yeah Okay, so I, to, 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 I guess to tag onto that, what would you, would you say that a lot of that perception of demons is really primarily going to be based upon what a lot of we, we, what we see in pop culture? Ooh, it certainly doesn't help. It certainly doesn't help. So you've got movies like Hereditary, for example, mm-hmm. with yeah. King Payman, you know, coming in to terrorize this family for generations because mm-hmm. he wants to possess a body. King Payman does not need you. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing is like, I think particularly with the, the topic of possession and mm-hmm. these kinds of things is that these are really, these are not spirits that are just sitting around just waiting, 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 waiting to jump into a human body. <laughs> Okay. Would you agree? <laughs> totally. I think so, most of them would look at a human body and go, "Ew, ew." Yeah, I can like transcend dimensions in this form. You need a car to get to work. Pretty much. Huh. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people think demons are just gonna like jump into your body if you like sneeze wrong or whatever. And honestly, possession is hard. Yeah. Okay. Like if you're trying to purposefully on purpose get possessed Mm -hmm. it's really 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 hard Mm -hmm. so you accidentally making a mistake and like feeling like you got possessed is just you freaking yourself out like it's so uncommon it's so uncommon and demons have legions okay most of them have several legions and there's like anywhere between three thousand to six thousand entities in a single legion depending on who you ask and if you have that much stuff to keep an eye on, are you really going to be worried about what Carol down the road is doing? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, I, I would hope not. Yeah. Um, Probably not. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think it's funny. A couple things. I think it's funny that you use the example of, of uh, King Paima, King Payman in uh, Hereditary, because I remember watching that movie and thinking, boy, they picked the wrong deal. <laughs> <laughs> the wrong demon to use for this story. This one, I could think of other demons that would probably be more like this in personality. But oh, absolutely! Yeah, absolutely. My, my understanding is that particular spirit though is is actually pretty pretty chill. Um, he's awesome. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. And here's the thing about Hereditary King Payman in particular mm-hmm. is that we're talking about him right now because of that movie. Yeah, and. Think about how powerful that is. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. when you are an entity and you want to be in the public consciousness again, how do you think you're going to go about that? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like even if they got things incorrect about his nature, we're still talking about him. And that might inspire somebody to go research him and check mm-hmm. him out and maybe call on him and strike up a relationship. That is how they get their folks, you know? Like it doesn't have to be accurate. Like consider this. If somebody's talking trash about you and that person who hears trash talk about you is becomes curious about you and wants to hear the full story 
and you strike up a friendship with them. Isn't that interesting how it all started based on misinformation and you never would have had that connection otherwise? It's kind yeah. of the same thing. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay, so we asked, or you, you talked about what people get wrong about demons. So mm-hmm. now I'd like to ask, what is it that you feel people get right about demons? I mean, just just random, random, you know, Joe on the street. What, you know, no, no real knowledge one way or another. What is it that you feel people actually do on, call it maybe an intuitive level? Who knows, right? But what do mm-hmm. they get right about demons? Demons are scary. Yeah? Yeah? Yeah, demons are. I mean, come on. They're scary. They can be. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not cruel for no reason, but they can be terrifying, okay? Yeah. Um, people can usually get right that uh, that they're intimidating, that they are difficult to work with, that, um, that they're choosy or picky about maybe how they choose to appear, that they're not going to show up for just anybody anytime. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but they, okay, when I say that they're scary, what I mean by that is that they demand respect and we perceive that as frightening. Yeah. Because we're afraid of our own power and they're reflecting that fear back on us. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would agree, absolutely. I, I also, what, what's your what's your take on this? So I, one of the things that I've noticed over the years with, uh, you know, in teaching other people, not necessarily to, you know, connect, connect, connect to demons, but to mm-hmm. other types of, of, of spirits, Right. Is I've noticed that a lot of people um, tend to feel this sense of intimidation when they're, <laughs> they're when they're dealing with spirits mm-hmm. that are as old as these yeah. ones are. Um, and I think that just human nature, we have a tendency, I think, to be fearful of something that we we mm-hmm. realize very quickly we can't control. Yes. Yes, that's so true. And it's all right to feel that fear. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like if you are not at least like. I don't know, 5% afraid, you're kind of doing them a disservice. Yeah. Well, like- <laughs> well these are also spirits that are primal. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, I, I, I've described it to my students in like, you're, you're in a room with a tiger or a lion. Anyone who's in a room with a lion or a tiger that's not like just eaten, you're going to have fear because you're like, that thing could eat me. Yes. Yeah. Not only could it eat me, it will play with me first yes. and lure me into false senses of security with yes. murder mittens. Mm-hmm. Yes. And but then that 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 kind of just creature relaxes and is in the room and you're like, okay, I guess we're cool now. Here's yeah. here's some food. Mm-hmm. Have some kibble. Have some yeah. kibble. Here's some catnip. <laughs> yeah. Can we yeah, like, exactly. hang out? Okay. Right. <laughs> quick, quick note for our listeners: please do not offer your demons kibble. No. <laughs> unless they, unless they've asked, right? Um, yeah, yeah, they, they, they may. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> so, but it'll be that really expensive bougie kibble. Anyway. Oh my gosh! Yeah, from the fancy pet store that you have to yeah. drive thirty miles to get. Yeah. Yeah. That is like locally owned and sourced, yeah, and like you cool. have the names of all the animals that are actually in it. Yeah. Like, the chicken named Fred. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. That's some Portland there shit right go. there. Yeah, <laughs> we deal with that situation here. We are you're wanting to drive to our our local 
bougie pet store to pick up stuff for management. Oh, that's um, because management is picky when they eat. They are. They are very picky. Ugh. Okay. All right. So, okay. So you, you've, you've used a term a couple of times now so far, Ozzy. You've used the term infernal divine. Yes. Um, and so I wanted to kind of, uh, kind of, st- you know, could dig into that a little bit because I think that there is a lot of confusion in people mm-hmm. now because people, you know, people hear the word demon and they're like, oh, okay, you know, I know what that is, right? Or at least, mm-hmm. or, or, you know, depending on who it is, you know, like they, they feel like, okay, I've got an idea of what this is, right? But then you hear something like infernal. And I think, and, and, and I'm, I've got to put myself in this group from someone who doesn't work with these spirits really in any, any close way. I'll be honest, it gets a little confusing for me too. So how would you explain the the differences between demons and infernals? Is there a difference? Yeah, yeah, no problem. So without getting into, into like etymology of language, demon, daemon, or whatever, yeah. um, any spirit somebody decides is evil is a demon, right? Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Um, but infernals are a much more respectful term to identify spirits of the fallen and spirits of the demonized. So, like the infernal divine are not a pantheon, like the like the Greek pantheon, the Kemetic pantheon, what have you. They're a loose collection of of entities that have undergone or through the process of socialization with with Christianity demonizing them have mm. have appeared to us in this way right so you have you have figures like uh king baal who was a canaanite god before yeah. christianity came along and is like you're a demon now um okay. like that so to me the infernal divine are the gods that were demonized due to christianity and dominant religions Gotcha. Okay. Okay, cool. Okay. Thank you for explaining that because totally. I've had that discussion with a few people and it, 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 it always, I'll be honest, it always seems like it's a discussion that at least for, well, I shouldn't say always, but a lot of the time it, it's almost like it leaves just as many questions as it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I get it. I get okay. it. Yeah. So thank, thank you for answering that. Yeah. Because I've, I've noticed there are quite a few people who seem to get a little bit of, of you know, confusion there, myself included, obviously. Okay. Um, totally fair. Yeah. So, I guess, you know, we, we already kind of talked about, um, you know, the representation of demons in pop culture a little bit. <laughs> talking about that. Have, can you think yeah. of any, can you think of any positive representations of demons in pop culture? Lucifer, the TV show. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh my gosh. I, I am such a dork for that show. Yeah. I mean, it's very cheesy and very ham-fisted, you mm. know, um, obviously they there's a lot of of that that's like appealing to a christianized audience but they're showing him in such a compassionate way they're showing that he can be kind considerate thoughtful loving caring generous protective and this could lead other people to look into him like oh maybe lucifer really isn't as bad as as i've been led to believe yeah yeah you know, okay. I I will say that one of the things that I I bitch about a lot, like mm-hmm. pop culture and Hollywood, where it's like how they have taken things like Lucifer or Hecate mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically monetized and marketed them. Sure. And all that stuff. And I'm always like, that's not what that spirit is. Yeah. yeah. And then 
I have to remember, like, having this conversation, it just kind of was like, you know what? That's free advertising for them. Exactly. Exactly. And even and if they get something wrong by that person going out and reading their own books and forming their own relationship, they'll put those pieces together. They'll figure it out. I mean, hopefully, if they do research. I, I, I saw something the other day about how apparently Hecate was in Hocus Pocus 2. <laughs> No. Oh. no, apparently the witch that gave the sisters their power, though, oh, that was Hecate. Oh. And I was like... Wow, people do make those those leaps, don't they? I was just like... Oh. Did you did you see the Sandman and how Hecate is depicted in the Sandman, the new series? Yeah. 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 We, obviously, we you know, uh, as someone who... I guess I shouldn't say I'm Well, it's funny because... I, I'll, I'll just say, I liked the depiction of Hecate in The Sandman. Well, mm-hmm. I liked even, it, but that wasn't even Hecate. Though it wasn't really I know. Accurate. They didn't even use the term Hecate. They used the Hecate. Yeah, the Hecate, yeah. Yes. Uh, even though they were talking about Clotho and... Uh, yes. Well, it was. It was very much like like the, the maiden mother of Crone slash... Uh, yeah. Kind, yeah. Of, kind of a thing going on. But it was a very cool to see that depiction. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, so, like... Even if they get her wrong, yeah. the people that feel something when they watch that mm-hmm. are going to be like, oof, what's that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Me okay. bursting yeah. people's Hecate bubbles on, on social media like, she's not a maiden mother crown. Yeah. Stop getting information from Sabrina the Chilling Adventures. Yeah. <laughs> Granted, some of those incantations that they used when they like decided they were going to be... Mm-hmm. Right. Temple or Church of Hecate or whatever, dude. I was like, okay, pretty pretty cool. Yeah. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah, same. I was like, I see you. Yeah, I see you in here. Okay. I thought, um, yeah, it's it's funny you 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 mentioned Lucifer the TV series because I remember when that show, uh, basically like first hit TV, right? Mm-hmm. And and I remember thinking, oh my god, like. This is a show where they've, in essence, they've cast the devil as the protagonist. Yes. Um, and yes. I remember, and I, and, and of course, I'm like, oh, hey, this is cool, you know. Uh, but I remember thinking, like, oh my god, I, I bet this show doesn't even make it one season. Um, no. That show, <laughs> that show was so hugely popular. It's so successful. Um, it's so it's, successful. Yeah, and so it's just amazing to me. I'm like, oh my god, all of these people out there. Who, who have, you know, without realizing it, maybe have turned against all of this conditioning and this old belief. Um, yeah, I just I just got just kind of a, a wicked little giggle about that. I thought that was just the coolest well, thing. Well, the devil is clever. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, very true. Yeah, yeah. Which one? <laughs> there you go. Are we talking the devil Lucifer, the devil men in black? Yeah, in this context. The this is, yeah, that's true. The devil as Lucifer. Yeah. Like, people thinking that Lucifer is the devil. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you are, and again for our listeners, you are, um, you you've got to be probably one of the most knowledgeable people that I. <gasps> an opportunity to to really to try to, in, to interact oh, with things with so uh, you know but but having said that what what would you suggest to people who are, are listening to this episode like if they chose to kind of dive into this practice to connect more consciously with these kinds of spirits wh- what would you really say like where where do you where do you start that where does that begin 
Oh boy. I get this question a lot. And I just, I want to throw it out there that like, I super appreciate characterizing me as knowledgeable. I really appreciate that. I'm still learning. I learn all the time. I'm only a year and a half in. I just, I just want to reiterate yeah. year and a half in still learning. Um, well, you I'm going to tell you this. You could be a year and a half in and be far more wise than people who've been doing it for 50 plus years. Well, thank you. I, I really appreciate that. Um, so I, I thought about this for a while because I get asked this question a lot when I was doing sessions and sometimes online and in my lives and stuff. People are always like, where do I start? Where do I start? Mm -hmm. And it's so hard to answer this question because it's not like a pantheon where I can say, go read this text from this really established scholar on this pantheon and you'll have a great starting point. Yeah. Because because they're all a loose collection of, of gods that have been demonized, there's no like one text that I can say is like the definitive way of going about it. But I did pull together a couple of books that I thought would be good places to start. So perfect. Yeah. Um, the first one is going to surprise you, the Bible. Okay. Nope. Nope. Not at all. Yep. Okay. So as a conjure worker, can yep. can confirm. Yep. yep. You want you want to be able to know your Bible, uh, because the gods that you're working with, the infernal divine, the demons, they're yeah. in the Bible as the bad guys, right? And we know yeah. we know that these are entities that were gods from their own pantheons, and this is some of the only surviving information that exists from that time. Mm -hmm. So it's some, it's some of the only stuff that you can get as close to source text as you can get. Mm -hmm. So the Bible, first place to start, read it with a grain of salt, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, the Horned Altar by Tess Dawson. It's a book on the Canaanite religion and practices. It's phenomenal. That book is so amazing. <laughs> Okay. It's so amazing. Um, Rod and Ring, uh, Mesopotamian grimoire. So this is talking about all of the Mesopotamian gods. It's kind of like a recreation of ancient Mesopotamian religion and practice. It's really beautiful. Oh, okay. Yes. What was that name? Rod, Rod and Ring. Yeah. Um, then you've also got uh, Lucifer Princeps by Peter Gray. That yeah. that's going to be a book that delves more into who Lucifer is, and it's got this connection between Lucifer, Satan, and Azazel that mm -hmm. it will go into. Um, it's it's kind of a multi-book series. So the Princeps is the first book, uh, Praxis is the second book. You know, putting it into practice. Mm -hmm. um, I'm still making my way through that book right now. Yeah, and the Book of Enoch, which is uh, a book of I, I don't please forgive me i don't know my bible by the back of my hand like some people but the book of enoch um i believe was uh either included in the bible not included in, i don't know it's it's a separate piece from the bible uh detailing the the, the scapegoat ritual yeah so yeah so enoch if i recall correctly enoch was one of the books that was ultimately determined to be left out of the bible right um yeah Thank you. Thank uh, you. Enoch, Enoch, interesting. Enoch, Enoch is a very interesting biblical figure. Um, the great yes. Enoch was the, uh... in some tellings of the stories. Enoch actually is the angel Metatron. Right. Yes. Yeah, and so I also thought that was the the most interesting thing, and I I could talk for hours on just the occult significance around that. It's it's fascinating. Hell uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. So if you're interested in Azazel specifically, I would say read the Book of Enoch because it's going to go into the scapegoat rite of Yom Kippur, where that comes from, um, how how and why Azazel is an important figure um, and and how he's also kind of a light bringer as well, like a chain breaker. Yeah. Kind of kind yeah. of a Promethean figure in that way. Yeah. Oh. Um, and I. I also have a slight recommendation for books to stay away from. Oh, yes, please. Yes. Okay. This may be controversial. Come for me. I don't care. But <laughs> stay away from books written by the publishing company Become a Living God. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if you, you heard our, our episode, I think probably two back, where we, mm-hmm. we, kinda, we really kind of tore into... Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. a little bit yeah oh, yeah. Um, yeah so we absolutely agree with you <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 but for but for listeners who are just starting out become a living god is is a very popular online forum and publishing house um a lot of those people are cultural appropriators unfortunately yeah. mm-hmm. like the, yeah. the the biggest um offender being ea co-wedding who who came onto the occult scene by appropriating hoodoo mm-hmm. um it's really disgusting. It's really not cool. Yeah. And anybody who's affiliated with them and it is is like supporting that in some way. And it's just gross. It's just gross. Yeah. Um yes, him and his his green butterfly or whatever book of Haitian oh, voodoo. Yeah, it's disgusting. It's, yeah, I I personally know this individual because yeah, they were originally Southern Utah. So uh, no, we didn't use today. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> but one of one of his supposed students uh, came to me and was like, "You should meet my teacher because because you you're like you really know your stuff." And and when I finally met this individual, they like tried to puff out and do the whole oh, yeah. I'm a big bad OTO and I was like cool uh... um so I know all these rituals and they're like how do you know that you're not initiated I'm like Gardnerian Wicca hi what's up yeah and <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of like oh well, I'm Gardnerian too and then when I had him verify uh-huh. his when I verified his upline it was shit and I called him out on it it was not good the first meeting because I just yeah. kept like pop 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 and my student was just kind of like Wow. And I'm like, yeah, you decided to get in with this because it was the closest thing you had. Let's show you some uh, real stuff that's real not stuff. culturally misappropriated. Yeah. And well, think I, I I appreciate you throwing out, mm-hmm. um, you know, as a suggestion on maybe places not to start or maybe where yeah. you should not go to look yeah. information because very often I think that's that's the case when you know we anybody comes to us where I was like well what would you recommend I do you know and I I'm kind of a big believer that sometimes when you're getting started the recommendation should be what not to do mm-hmm. yes yes uh, you know yes. And so yeah so thank you for sharing that and we absolutely agree yeah there's one more person and I will yeah, say this yeah, yeah, until yeah. the end of the earth yeah. um don't read anything by Michael W Ford um really? he, he is a former white supremacist and a lot of that ideology is present in his text i had no idea oh it's so bad it's terrible it's an it's an abomination i tried to get through apotheosis but which is like his book about lucifer and i was like hell yeah this is great i'm going to learn more about lucifer but really i learned how to be uh, i don't know in a motorcycle gang thinking that everybody's a (laughs) fucking sheep and i'm this big bolt like he's he's a joke i have no idea now i feel bad that you know we actually we've got 
I think we have apotheosis in our. No. Uh, I think, I think we, we, we carry it here. I think it's in our selection at the shop. And I now that I know that, we will stop carrying that book. I had no idea. Surprise. Uh, that's too bad because his name is one of those names that always pops up. I know. It's so really it's really unfortunate. And, like, I'm not trying to discourage people who yeah. left those organizations from, like, white supremacy groups that, like, you can't ever change. But if you're going to leave those groups, it has to come through in your text. Yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah. Make, make sure you've actually left. Yeah, make sure yeah. you've done some work to, like, dis divest yourself of that ideology. Yeah. And he just hasn't. What about um, since we're since we're talking about just big names that come up around this topic or this? What 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 about S. S. Connolly? Yes. Okay. So S. Connolly is somebody who's a very polarizing figure. Um, I think that she's a really good place to start. She does have and hold some problematic things. Um, a lot of people will recommend her book, a Com a complete guide to demonolatry, and it's fine. You know, it's one person's practice. If you want a book about one person's practice and what they've done over 20 years, mm -hmm. and you want to like regurgitate that in your own practice, that's cool. Who am I to tell you not to? But she also tells you to drink your coven mate's blood. Oh. So, so I don't know. I don't okay. know. Gotcha. Yeah. That okay. seems like a blood fetishist. I mean, uh, okay. Which again, no shame. Okay. No shame. Well, that's but, uh, I get with that, but yeah, that, that's also that's good to know. I'm glad I asked because because again, those those are really those are the names. If you tell anybody, go out and do a Google search for books on demonology or demonology, you're always going to get Michael W. Ford and your mm. and Connolly. You're always going to get those names, right? Um, and yeah, so that, that's good to a, know. It's a shame too because one of my favorite occult authors is Asenath Mason. Um, who's one of the only women in the occult writing text, but she's a part of Become a Living God. So it's like, I can't really recommend her because she's still affiliated with them. Like she did the art for that hoodoo book. So oh. it's it's not like, yeah, exactly. So it's like, I want to be able to recommend her. I want to love her to death. And before I found this out, I would recommend her all the time. And now in good faith, good conscience, I can't yeah. be because of that affiliation. But the things that she says, like her information about the divine, about like the like the cliffothic path, like her her works on the cliffoth are mm -hmm. wonderful. Huh. So it's it's a crux. It's like you got to make up your own mind. Like you could read it, but know that those those things are in there. Yeah, that 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 is always a big question that we have, right? When it comes down to our authors and and the, the search for information is like how, you know, as individuals, you know, where do we all sit on being able to distinguish the author from their work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like yeah. she's one of the only. She's one of the few that I don't see a tremendous amount of problematic information and behavior in i'm not saying it's zero yeah but it's definitely on the lower end yeah. like I, I still read her stuff i still like do some of her rituals i'm never gonna say never read Asenath mason like she's a huge figure in this community so mm -hmm. i mean just you gotta use your discernment i guess yeah oh yeah well yeah absolutely yeah all right well, thank you for sharing. Oh, okay, hold on. I've got one more. Yeah. One more just because because as we're having this discussion, I'm thinking back and I'm thinking like, oh, my God, over the years, I have actually recommended some of these authors to people. <laughs> like, when they've come to me and I've been like, you know, I honestly, I'm not quite sure, but I, I've heard from a lot of people that they've gotten good information from Michael W. Ford. You know, yeah. I've, 
Like I've had those interactions with people, you know, yeah. and, so, and now I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, oh my God, well, never again. Um, anyway, but I, I am very curious because it's one that also pops up or one that is discussed a lot really commonly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the the Dictionary of Demons by <gasps> Belanger. Oh. What's your what's your take on, on Belanger's work? I adore her. Okay. I, I adore her. Okay. I think she's done... She's amazing. Okay. She's amazing. And I do recommend her stuff. I think that the book of the, the Encyclopedia of Demons, the Dictionary of Demons, is yeah. it's a foundational text. If you are going to be working with demons, you need that book. Okay. Get it, get it online. Get it on a Kindle. Go borrow it from the library. Do whatever. It's a really good reference point because she goes through. It's so freaking thorough. Mm-hmm. Like she, she doesn't just like give you high level information. She tells you where she gets it from. She doesn't just like talk out of her booty hole. Like she's, yeah. she's trying to present this information in the most scholarly way possible. Oh, love that book. Okay, good. Okay, thank you because that that is one that I have also recommended. And I was like, oh God, please tell me I haven't been. Well, no, there you, are... you didn't you didn't step in it. Don't worry. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, there. Are, the cool thing about Michelle Belanger is, is Michelle Belanger is I think actually has like a master's or a doctorate in stuff. It wouldn't uh, surprise in, me in, at all. And in stuff in I'm trying to think like the word like theology. Theology, I think, um, or even like. Uh, physics i think i don't know she's very intelligent okay she calls herself a psychic bloodhound she's absolutely yeah. amazing well we've, we've talked about belanger, oh, michelle belanger i love before, michelle belanger okay well, um, that's good. i'm glad to hear that her voice within this mm, particular topic is is a good yes. one well oh, heck she, yeah the cool thing that she does that that i i do like is that she will like package things particularly so mm-hmm. like if you want to do like a demonology package oh, like if you're trying okay. to get into that okay. then she does like Here's this book. Here's this book, and here's this book, and here's how they build on each other. And these are ones that I wrote, so that way it's, the, the, it will be consistent. Gotcha. Okay. So she's really good. Cool okay. And cool. makes kick-ass kefi or kapet. Yes. That's her, her incense. Her ritual incense is lovely. So. Oh. Well, all right. Well, Aziel, is there anything that we haven't really talked about about tonight that you are like, hey, wait, 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 we need to talk about this too? Can you think of anything that we haven't really touched upon? Ooh, yes. So there's this like discourse going around the internet about beginner entities. Like who's a good beginner demon to to, to, like, you know, I think, I think that's hogwash. Just, just, just to throw that out there. I feel like, I feel like saying that like an entity is a good beginner entity is a little insulting because every entity is more powerful than you. You know, every entity is more powerful than you. Every entity can have like authority over you if they wanted to. Um, So probably don't start your practice thinking like, I'm going to go pick an easy demon. Like none of them are easy. Well, yeah, I mean, and that, well, that would make sense, you know, and I think I can, I can absolutely see the issue of respect there as it would relate to the spirit. So, Okay. okay. Yes. That's it. I've not, I've not seen that discussion going on but I'm, oh yeah I'm, I'm not i probably i'm not as in in those circles as, as you know i would be if i were working with those spirits so okay okay cool yep. all right hmm. austin do you have anything that you would like to add or ask can you think of anything um no no okay not right on i all mean right. I have people who come in and they um, they work with these spirits, or, or they say they work with these spirits at least. And most of the time, people kind of have that energy around them. Mm-hmm. 
that mm-hmm. you fill it. But they're always asking, like, well, I'm trying to do offerings, and, like, what's a good offering? Like, what's a good incense? And I, I'm like, um, I don't know. <laughs> so I usually just kind of default to frankincense and myrrh. Uh, Can't really go wrong there. Right? I'm like, I've never had a spirit say no to frankincense and myrrh. Um, even spirits that would be considered demonic or demonic, they're kind of like, no, that that's good shit. Yeah, that bangs. Yeah. Uh, um, so for demons and incense offerings, what's really helpful is understanding what element they represent, like okay. what element they embody, and then looking at herbs and incenses that correspond to those elemental properties. So for example, Lucifer is air. So he would really appreciate like a lavender incense, a jasmine, something that has like more airy qualities. Whereas King Payman is water. So he would probably prefer something that has like more of a watery aspect. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. That's giving me ideas. Excellent. Gotcha. You see Mr. Mr. Incense formulator over here is his is uh, tenting his fingers evilly. Uh, <laughs> Wonderful. Yes, exactly. Excellent. <laughs> so, all right. So, so Aziel, um, mm-hmm. I just want to say once again, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um, what's what's coming up for you? What do you what do you have going on? Like, as it would maybe relate to your own next steps in your own practice, or uh, do you have like? What, I guess what I'm asking is what what can we expect from you in the next year? <laughs> Who knows? Um, I used to do sessions. I used to um, bring people in to meet the divine that have been around them. I've paused Mm -hmm. on that for a little while. So really, the only thing I have going on occult wise that's public is just my TikTok account where I'm just like goofing off talking about demons. I'm also going to start a blog talking about my practice. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, If I decide to open back up sessions, I'll post about it on my TikTok, but for now they're closed. Okay. And where, where can people find you? You mentioned you're on TikTok. What's your, what's your handle on TikTok? Aziel, A-Z-I-E-L underscore O Nahima. And if it's not in the notes or whatever, good luck trying to find me. Um, <laughs> so same name on Instagram as well. Okay, so Aziel, you said underscore, and then you said it's on Onahima. Onahima, O N A H E M A. Okay, okay, perfect. Okay, just want to make sure our listeners are able to find you. <laughs> so TikTok and Instagram, and they can follow your your mini exploits there. Yes, and hopefully get get updates and, and see what you're up to in the in the coming months and years so all right what one last question that I, I like to always kind of ask our guests when we have somebody on here is what what is it that you would hope to see or what is it that you would like to see happening a bit more in the occult slash witchcraft community in future acceptance yeah, acceptance. Yes, I yeah. would love to see more acceptance and appreciation of each other. Mm-hmm. I feel like we fight each other a lot. We have a lot of dumb, petty arguments. Yeah. And we're all on the same fucking side. <laughs> like, we're all on the same side. And so I would really like for us to to try to come together and accept one another as, as just human beings with differences. And that's what makes us all beautiful. Yeah. Okay. I think we can get behind that. Oh yeah. Even with as as, as grumpy and, and salty as we get, I think we can. <laughs> yeah. Oh God! Depending on my day, there are days where I'm like, "It's okay, everyone's at a different level," and then there are days where I'm like, "I will torch this motherfucker to the ground <laughs> on the ashes." I'm so over it. That's when you have to take a break. 
there. Exactly. Oh, God. So, well, all right. Well, I think I think to be honest, I'm. I think we've we've had a lovely interview with you tonight. I shouldn't say interview. Yeah. That was an odd word choice. It's been <laughs> lovely talking with you tonight, and um, yeah, and getting to to know you a little bit, and and I I, I love the. Um, I love the way that you approach your your connection to these spirits and this particular yeah. kind of practice. And um, yeah, and I think for the moment we're going to go ahead and and call call this an episode. And cool. um, yeah, so Ozzy, if you'll hang on for just a second, sure. Um, yeah, that was an awesome episode. I agree. Um, Aziel is very intelligent and was very smart, and they are very. Very pleasant to listen to. I was like, yes, I like the intelligent. The yeah. intelligent conversation is lovely. I, I agree. I think Aziel is one of the few uh, creators that I've connected with on uh, social media mm-hmm. through, via TikTok. Um, that uh, I'm just going to say always knows what the hell they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, well, between Aziel, which way up? Oh, I mean, there are Jeff, others. Yeah. There are others. I'm not. I'm not. You know, I'm not saying like Aziel's the only one, but Aziel's one of those creators. One of those. Um, I, I, I. She's a teacher. I. You know. She. She's online. She's sharing information. She is very open about her personal practice, and um, and the information that she's giving people is is reliable. It's good info. Yeah. And so I, I would recommend again to any of our listeners if you are looking for. Uh, a reliable source of information, someone who is able to talk on these things, left-hand path practice, demonolatry, um, just just other, lots of other occult topics, tarot, these things, if you're looking for another person to to refer to or to uh, get information from that you can trust, uh, Aziel is another one of these people. Um, and yeah, and I, I enjoy my interactions with Aziel when we have a chance to chat online because I always know that that's going to be um, not only an enjoyable conversation, but also a conversation. I'm like, this is someone who gets it, mm. you know? Um, yeah. So very cool. Very, very good. Uh, I think experience having them on the podcast. I agree. And I know we've got a few people who are going to listen to this episode. And I think for them, this might actually be their first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, or one of the, the few that they've listened to because they are, looking for or i think they want to hear from someone who is experienced with with demons um and i think they're looking for uh again kind of a knowledgeable voice to help them to dispel some of their own insecurities and fear around these spirits and so hopefully this will accomplish that this will help them do that a little bit yeah um yes um so very cool yeah well, is there anything else you want to talk about before we go? Um, not. I really didn't have anything else on my my list of things to discuss this week. Um, and I know you're not particularly feeling very well today, so let's. I'm all, I'm all, I'm all right. Really, the face that I just made mm-hmm. that no one else could see other than Mike was I found like the sweet spot on the top of my foot to scratch. Oh, okay. It was. That was a. I, I'm I'm getting a good scratch. That was happy face. Yes, it was. Oh, okay. it, 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 it was. Slapped. It slapped, it as slapped. as the young ones say. Is that what the young ones are saying now? I guess I don't I know. Can't stay on top of it. I don't know. I know I had a diet coke that had lemon in it, and it slapped today too. So okay, all right, okay. Yeah, I can't think of anything else that, that's kind of come up in recent days, um, or even just 
had shit recent hours. It's been like, yeah, we should probably talk about that. So, you know what? Let's call this an episode. Okay. Um, we will be uh, back next week with uh, an episode on Servitors. That was another suggestion by listener Panther. And, uh, yeah, and I think that's also going to prove to be a good episode because that that is a topic that you and I do have quite a bit of personal information and knowledge on. What? And no. we're going to be, I think, sharing some very practical information like like by the time you're done listening to that that episode you should you should be able to make your own servitor if you or at least already made one. be be well into like okay so i have the idea yeah now i just need to do things there you go yeah all right well austin thank you so much yeah thank you and th- again thank you Ozio.